Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Friday, December the 17th, 2021. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and we are here to discuss a really solid NBA DFS main slate of eight games on DraftKings and FanDuel and seven games on Yahoo. So we're going to go through each game. We'll uh, take a look at, at getting our lineups in position. But as you know, here, you know, it's Friday morning. By the time this uh, slate locks at 7 o'clock with all this incredible COVID news, you know, we're crossing our fingers here that COVID doesn't cancel more games or shut things down. So let's, let's be positive and hope that that gets under control. Uh, they did announce they're doing a little bit uh, more of an upgrade in testing. So I think they're trying to get a good handle on it, and let's hope for our sake that uh, we can continue with DFS. We certainly want to have uh, that NBA slate on Christmas Day. It's one of the best slates. Excuse me, one of the best slates of the year. All right. Um, great night last night. We uh, really hammered DraftKings here. Uh, had a, a fifth-place finish uh, with a four-figure uh, hit there, and qualify for uh, the big 888 tonight. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. And uh, just saw some good stuff from our members. Appreciate all of them posting winners. Our football guys also did a terrific job cashing in all, on the different sites. So uh, we got it happening here. This is the Coach Talk time of year, basketball and football in its prime. We'd love to have you join us. Just go to dfscoachtalk.com. You can sign up for any of our 12 Days of Christmas specials where you can get 12 Days of Coach Talk for only $12. Cannot beat that. Um, if you, uh, That's way better than our regular specials even. But if you want just uh, three days, if you just want a weekend for 10 bucks, you can do that. But, uh, you know, however you want to do it, 12 Days, you can't beat it though. I mean, you, you get this all the way through. Uh, Christmas. So give us a, a shout. Give us a try. We'd love to have you. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, quick thumbs up, hit that subscribe button. Give us a quick comment or question on the bottom. We'd really appreciate that. And while you're at it, hit that little bell in the upper corner. That will give you an alert every time one of our podcast posts. And we do seven NBA podcasts per week in front of the paywall and three NFL podcasts. So you're not going to want to miss those. Uh, we also have giveaways going on right now. Um, check us out on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. We have a three-day pass we're giving away today uh, to, to join us. We also, for all members, we have a $50 ticket that we're going to give away uh, for the Christmas slate. I mean, we've got so much going on, it is not even funny. All right, let's try to keep this hot streak going and dive into these games today. Like I say, you know, uh, Yahoo's pulling there Friday night. We're going to start a half an hour later and have a different size slate. And that's fine. You know, marketing uh, option that they're utilizing to gain some new people makes sense. But uh, we're going to talk about the first game uh, that is the 7 o'clock game that is on the DraftKings and FanDuel main slate. And then we'll go through uh, the rest of the games from there. Okay, uh, first game of the night, it happens to also be the lowest total of the night. 
So I don't know how much interest or difference your people's lineups are going to be on Yahoo than they are on DraftKings and FanDuel, just because this is not going to be a very popular game at all. It is the Miami Heat at the Orlando Magic. Miami minus six, 208 and a half is the total. 107.25 implied for Miami, 101.25 implied for Orlando. Heat comes in at 17 and 12. Orlando at a very rough 5 and 24. Now, it may take the rest of this podcast to read the guys that are out for these, these two teams. I cannot recall seeing this many guys listed uh, ever uh, for, for one game. 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16. There's 17 people that are either out or questionable in this game. That's nuts. Uh, let's hope the NBA can control this so we don't lose any action. It's it's really uh, worrisome. But anyway, uh, the, the guys questionable for Miami are Hero and Yurtsevin, and then out, Adebayo, Butler, Martin, Morris, and Oladipo. For Orlando, uh, we have probable for Cole Anthony, and then questionable for Mo Bamba and Gary Harris, two other starters. Guys that are already ruled out are MCW, Fultz, Isaac, Moore, and Suggs. So interesting. As far as uh, the statistical look here, uh, we're talking about Miami as the 25th pace in the league. They play the 25th pace. Orlando, the 6th. So pace up for Miami, pace down for Orlando. Orlando is on the first night of a back-to-back. So we'll see if, you know, uh, any of these guys are going to lose any minutes or rotation. Um, They're such a young team. They usually play. If they're going to go, they play full minutes. But we need to see about, you know, the Bamba and Harris that are listed as questionable. As far as defense, Miami is 7th in the league defensively. Orlando second to last at 29th. So definitely, you know, it's very tempting here, even though it's a low total game. You know, you get some super value uh, in Miami if you want to go Gabe Vincent at 4-9, Duncan Robinson at 4-7, Deadman at 5K. I know P.J. Tucker had a good game last time at 4.5, but, you know, he's been known to throw a zero on there after 35 minutes of play. So, not going to go there. If you want the one pay-up option that you have here, and it's very doable, is Kyle Lowry at 7.8. I mean, he's got to be the man here uh, to lead this team if if they're going to win this game. Uh, you know, I think he's he's the quarterback. He should be getting a lot of uh, DFS points across the board, and I'm seriously considering him, even though this game is not going to get that much attention. On the other side of the, the slate, Cole Anthony, who I've been on all year, is the exact same price as Lowry at 7-8. And he was listed as questionable yesterday, but upgraded to probable today. So I think, you know, he goes full board. I don't see any minutes restrictions or anything like that. So Anthony is in play. I don't know if I want to go Lowry Anthony here and put that much uh, salary into the pool in a game that's only 208 and a half total when we have a bunch of games in the 220s and upper 220s. So that's the big decision that I have to make. Uh, Wendell Carter's also my other option here. 
He's six nine. He just he gets the value constantly for me. He's been a really key guy uh, to my lineups, uh, and I like him. And I, I'm considering him a lot, especially if Bomba sits, because they'll generally bump Carter to center. He's going to pick up some of those rebounds and such that Bomba would grab. So I know it seems crazy that this game is uh, wouldn't be that much interest, and I think a lot of people are going to overlook it. But Lowry, Anthony, and Carter are three guys I'm going to look at. And if I'm looking for a, a you know last man in, salvage some value, I think Vincent, uh, Vincent Robinson, Deadman are also all guys that you can consider. All right, second game, 7.30 game, Denver at Atlanta. Atlanta minus four. It's a 223.5 total, 109.75 implied for Denver, 113.75 for Atlanta. Denver comes in 14 and 14, Atlanta 14 and 14. So two 500 teams going at it. Very poor pace in this game too. So we'll discuss that, but let's look at the injuries first. Denver is uh, has Austin Rivers uh, likely to play, so he's probable, but we, we have three guys out, Jermichael Green, uh, Marcus Howard, and Jamal Murray. For Atlanta, questionable tag on Okongwu, uh, Bogdanovich, and Hunter remain out. So again, as I say, the pace here is not great. 24th and 18th, so that is a deterrent. But then you flip the coin and you see here's a good reason why, and here's why the total is 223.5. Denver's 21st and Atlanta 24th defensively. So there will be points scored. I don't think this has to be a key game on the slate, but I think having some exposure here uh, is wise. You've got uh, a couple of options at uh, Barton at 6'5 and Gordon at 5'8, Jeff Green at 4'2. If you want to go on the cheaper side, if you really want to uh, put the chips in the table and just roster the Joker up there at 12K, you can do that. I'm probably not going to go there because I do respect Capella defense and Collins. Uh, defense, I think combined, they do they can do at least a decent job at 12K to not let uh, the Joker break the slate. And there's a lot of other pay-up options uh, here. But if if the Joker's the call, any given night, no matter who the competition competition is, it is a doable commodity to roster Joker. We all know that. Trey Young at 10-2, a bit pricey, but has been hot lately. Still like the herder value, 5.2. You know, with the two guys still remaining out that take minutes from him, uh, you know, he's pretty safe play. Uh, he makes a lot of lineups. He makes a lot of value, 6, 7x, uh, very consistently at that low 5K number. Uh, not probably going to go up to Collins or Capella. Uh, too many other options on this slate. All right, game three, 7.30 p.m. game. Golden State at Boston should be a fun game. You've got both teams on the first night of a back-to-back. So, you know, definitely could affect rotations a bit. We need to look at a lot of beat writer stuff, coach speak, and see if we can get any indication if anybody's going to be given uh, a little bit of a breather here. Um, definitely something to consider, especially on the pay-up guys, which there are a couple, uh, three of them actually, in Curry, Brown, and Tatum. So a little riskier to go there, but it will hold maybe their ownership down a bit. Um, so that's what we need to see. 
Um, Golden State is eighth in pace, Boston 21st. And then defensively, we know we have two strong defensive teams here, especially Golden State, who's remained first in the league, and Boston is 11th. Um, Curry's 11-3, certainly an option. Jordan Poole at 5-7 is a really nice price. Wiggins at 6-1 and Draymond at 6-5. I think those three guys are also nice lower mid-level pricing. Certainly uh, maybe one of those slides in there. And then, you know, again, you got Brown at 8-5 and Tatum at, at 9K. Probably not going to go there, but if you like them in this game, you're going to get them at lower ownership than normal because they're playing against Golden State's defense. Either guy has the ability to break the slate. So uh, more power to you if, if you're confident going there. I'm not going to uh, on this particular slate. Uh, cheaper guys you can consider. Smart at 5-4, Howard at 6-5, Williams at 4-8, and Schroeder at 6-1. Uh, I like one of those guys better, actually, as a mid-price guy uh, sliding in if you're going to play one off here uh, in this game. Not a key game for me, that 215 and a half over, uh, you know, total with Golden State, the three and a half point favorite. Uh, you know, definitely a little bit more concern there for me as far as uh, having too much, uh, too many people in this game. All right. We go to the next one. It is 8 o'clock now. Milwaukee and the Pelicans. Milwaukee favored by three. 217.5 total. 110.25 implied for Milwaukee. 107.25 for the New Orleans Pelicans. Milwaukee comes in at 19 and 11. New Orleans comes in at 9 and 21. As far as the injury report here, we have Chris Middleton as probable. I'm including him in all my early analysis. Then we have uh, a doubtful on Thanasis. We have out for Giannis, DiVincenzo, Lopez, Matthews, Ojale, and Portis. So now we're digging down uh, in this Bucks lineup for sure. Hopefully they have enough guys to play. Um, for the Pelicans, uh, Holmes, Luzada, Williamson, all out for New Orleans. So let, what do we think about this game? Well, you're going to have some serious value uh, on the Milwaukee side. There's no question about that. And the question is, do you trust it? That's that's going to be the the you know tipping a tipping point. Milwaukee's on the first night of a back to back to boot. So not only are they shorthanded, they have to figure out how they're going to be rested enough to have enough guys to roll tomorrow. For the Pelicans, it's an island game. Milwaukee's ninth in pace. The Pelicans are 20th. As far as defensive team efficiency, Milwaukee top 10 at ninth. Um, Pelicans third from last at 28th. So let's look at this Bucks team. You know, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton become major targets. And it's going to be important, I think, to have one or the other or both. Uh, in this game, if it stays close enough, which the spread's only three in Vegas, it should. Uh, Holiday and Middleton are going to be very, very important. Seven nine for Holiday, six seven for Middleton. Very respectable on DraftKings, and two guys that you really have to look at. Now, on the value side, you've got a couple of options. Uh, Mamukla Shebi, I can't say his name. I, I need Andrew to say it. I, I can never say it. 
But Sandro, I'm going to call him. Sandro is only 3K dead minimum, may get the start at center. If not, DeMarcus Cousins at 3-1. Those two guys should share the center role in this game. Both playable commodities, but, you know, are they going to split that? You know, is it uh, Sandro's time to shine? We will see. I think a lot of people will take shots there, um, and deservedly so. I'm for me personally, I'm going to look at it as a shared uh, position. I just think that that Cousins shares that with Sandro, and I think they. Uh, I just don't know if they can get there, even though at three and three point one, you know, you get sixteen DFS points, you make value, but is 16 DFS points enough to take anything down, whether you make value or not? You know, if you can use that spot, you know, that salary to buy up for another stud, then you can justify it. But a lot of moving parts there, a lot of decisions to be made. Uh, I think I feel more comfortable going to Holiday in Middleton and just uh, feeling good there. But you're going to have a ton of ownership for Sandro and some for Cousins as well. And if once they announce the starter there, then one of those two uh, could be one of the higher value uh, ownership uh, guys on the slate. Um, after that, if we look at the Pelicans, you've got Brandon Ingram at 8-7, uh, which is, a little, you know, he has the potential to get to that number for sure. He's done it uh, on occasion, but he also has, a, a you know, a tendency to get to that 3-4x and not quite get there. Jonas Valachunas. 8-2, not going against really a center uh, that has played serious minutes in this league in this last year because uh, Cousins just signed him not too long ago and then Sandro uh, being a, a rookie. So Jonas is a nice target here. If this game stays close, he could be the bread and butter guy. This could be one of those 16, 17, even 18 rebound games for Joe Val. So as of right now, he is penciled as one of my top center choices on this slate. I think 8-2 is very fair. He's shown some, some good ceiling. Uh, definitely has occasionally, uh, if he gets in foul trouble, which we know, uh, he can uh, trail behind a little bit there on getting to value. But I think the, part, the spot is perfect for him. I think you can also consider two value plays here. Josh Hart at 5-5. Five, five, and Herb Jones at 4K. Uh, both of them have the ability to get to their number, and both should get a good solid amount of minutes in the rotation. So this game is going to be interesting. I think it may be the pivotal game, uh, even though it's a 217.5 total, because of what the decisions are made uh, on who you're going to play and who you're going to use as value. Um, I'm hoping to sneak in there. Everybody's going to pay attention to Sandro and Cousins, and 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 I hope forget about Joe Val because uh, I think that may be the the smartest play in this entire game. Uh, but I guarantee you, I will have Holiday and or Middleton uh, in my cash lineup as well. Okay, here we go: San Antonio Spurs and the Utah Jazz. It's a nine o'clock game, and then we have three ten o'clock games. So we have Friday night action. Starting at 7, going all the way till whatever it is, 12.30 in the morning. I love it. Never Can't get enough basketball this time of the year. As long as everybody stinking plays and doesn't get ruled out with COVID, then this is just the, the best 
best kind of slate to watch basketball because you get a good chance to check everybody out. All right, here's a big number. Utah Jazz minus 11 and a half. So that's a concern. You got that double-digit favoritism. But you have a big fat over under of 225 and a half. 107 implied for the Spurs and a monster 118 and a half for the Jazz. You don't see a lot of them that high uh, anymore. Spurs 10 and 17, Jazz 20 and 7. Lonnie Walker questionable. Zach Collins out. And then you only have Jared Butler questionable with Azabuki out. So this game is barely touched by anybody out thus far, knock on wood. Um, I'll do that for us. Okay, we're safe. Then, uh, you know, I mean, that gives you a lot of hope that this game can produce some good DFS numbers, and Vegas thinks so as well. Spurs are fifth in pace, so nice pace-up game for Utah. Utah's 14th in pace. Everybody thinks they play so dead slow. They're right in the middle of the pack. Uh, defensive efficiency, San Antonio's 17th. Jazz are fifth, so it is uh, a bit of a stingy defense from the Jazz. Uh, as we look at some possible plays here, you know, I know DeJounte Murray can hit some big, huge triple doubles or big point numbers. He's 9-7 against a Jazz team in Utah with the elevation. I'm probably not going to go there. Derek White, who I love now at 6-7, I never liked him, but he did put a crazy 50-60 burger up on the board for me. Uh, earlier uh, in the week. So he's on my radar, a little high though, price-wise. Uh, Keldon Johnson, you never know at 5'3". I, I do consistently like Jakob Pertl. He's 6'6", and we've talked about it on the show before. Statistically speaking, Gobert has been getting scored upon by opposing centers. So that has been a consistent theme. What he leads the NBA in is his help side defense. He blocks more shots and alters more shots off of his man than any other player in the NBA. So, again, Murray on those drives to the basket or Keldon Johnson, you know, guys that are coming in looking to get offensive rebounds or slice to the hoop. You've got Gobert almost in that one-man one pseudo zone, if you will, um, standing back there. But uh, the point being is I think Pirtle's still playable even though it's against Gobert at that fair 6-6 price. Uh, Devin Vassell, got to keep an eye on him at only 4K. He can pop some good games in there. On the Jazz side, you know, 118.5 is a big number implied total. So where do you want to go here? Lots of options. I mean, Clarkson and Conley have continued to just plummet in pricing. Conley's 5'4", uh, Clarkson's 4'5". So these are two guys that... Uh, were close to 8K at times last year as the Jazz were playing great. Um, so value there if you want it. Donovan Mitchell's been fantastic. He's 8-4, always in play, especially, you know, in this kind of matchup. Bogdanovich, very inconsistent, probably a good GPP play at 5K. And then if you want to go Rudy Gobert at 8-3, you can go up uh, to that uh, spot. I'm not going to go there. I do think Pirtle... His size uh, is, is a really good matchup for Gobert, and I don't think you're going to see one of those massive Gobert rebound games, which you need if you really want him to bust that 8.3 number. So that's where I stand there. Not my favorite game, 
but I think you can uh, get a, a couple of guys in here. I think it's going to be over-owned because of that 225.5 total. So, you know, I think part of the strategy is to stay lighter on this game uh, and, and just one off, you know, one side or the other. All right, we hit the late three 10 o'clock games, and they're all pretty good numbers. Uh, they're all 222 and up. So the first one being the 222 game is Minnesota is a two-point favorite over the Lakers. Um, very interesting. 222 is also the total. 112 implied for uh, 110 implied for the Lakers, 112 for Minnesota. Amazing that Minnesota's favored over the Lakers with that loaded uh, Lakers roster. Very crazy. Um, Lakers are 16 and three. Minnesota's 13 and 15. You've got um, no injuries listed for Minnesota. How is that humanly possible? There's no other team that has uh, anything like that, but zero. Whereas you've got 10 guys listed for the Lakers. So you've got Davis and James probable. They're going to more than likely play. But here are all the guys that are out. Ariza, Bradley, Horton Tucker, Howard Nunn, and Westbrook. So you got a boatload of guys out for the Lakers. What does that mean to this game? Well, let's, let's take a little bit of a deeper dive. You've got phenomenal pace. So it's only 222 total, even though the Lakers are playing at the fastest pace in the league and Minnesota the fourth fastest pace. So that is a real plus. Defensively, not bad. Lakers 10th, Minnesota 13th. So maybe that is keeping that number in check a bit. Uh, but I'll tell you, there's some great plays here. There's no question about it. With Westbrook out, uh, certainly makes you want to use one of your pay-up spots for either LeBron or Anthony Davis. LeBron's 10-4, Davis is 9-4. I think you gotta, you really gotta consider uh, both of them. Now, Davis has not looked right lately. I mean, a couple of air balls the last game, and he still puts up great numbers, and he still can break the slate. So, but I think people have watched him just not play great lately, and he may go down in ownership. But I would, I wouldn't react to that too fast. He's still Anthony Davis. Cat doesn't play good interior defense. Um, and I, you know, definitely would interested in either James or Davis here. I think it's a wise pay up spot, especially expecting that this game stays close. If you want a big value play, you can go uh, buzzer beater Austin Reeves. Not I'm not going to fall for that trap. He is 3-3. So I know a lot of people are going to want to go there. I'm going to be tempted, you know, as well. But I'm just concerned. You know, you're going to get one of those 15, 18 fantasy point games, which, I, you know, I'm sure you're saying, hey, coach, at 3.3K, give me 18 points and we'll roll down the road. But again, you know, I, it's so competitive in NBA DFS. You just can't take those sub 20 guys. I mean, I know it allows you the ability to pay up for spots, but, you, you know, in my opinion, I want my lowest, worst guy or two at 25 DFS points and up. And that's that's the way I look at it. I'm not looking at it like I've always have in past, that moniker of if they get to 5X, we're good. I just, I don't think that that's quite the case if you really want to cash in and take stuff down. 
I think you got to raise that uh, parameter and just eliminate the salary piece and say, okay, my worst players here, do I feel that they are going to get 25 plus DFS points? If you can give me one or two of those guys and then, you know, you're not taken away from your 60 or 70 point studs, uh, that, that I think is what really the mixture is. And that's where my strategy shift has changed a little bit in the last couple of weeks. And it's really showing in the results. So anyway, that, you know, that leaves me with DeAndre Jordan as another option too. He's only 3K. If he's going to start and get decent minutes, I know they benched him for quite a while and they'll play small with Davis at center. So it's no smash spot. It's probably more of a GPP play. But if Jordan's starting and he's going to get 25 minutes, you know, he's going to get rebounds and blocks and, and score a couple uh, alley-oop dunks in that time. So certainly in play. Uh, we're going to follow that news closely as well. And then being a little short short-handed, you know, Ellington at 3-4 and Carmelo at 4K and Monk at 4-4, all at least can be in the conversation now. Certainly become very viable GPP options as well. All right, on the Minnesota side, you know, D'Angelo Russell at 7-6, Anthony Edwards at 8, and Cat at 9-6, all guys that can certainly lead to a break-the-slate kind of moment. Um, and if this game uh, stays close, I think they're going to be competitive. Um, Cat at 9-6, just a little bit too much for me, uh, facing, you know, Davis, Jordan, and some of the good interior D for the Lakers. I know statistically – Centers have done much better against L.A., but still to go up to that big number and expect uh, somebody to to get, you know, I'd need Cat to get 65 or 70 uh, for me to feel comfortable uh, taking on 9.6 uh, in this matchup. And just I'm not sure he gets there. I would prefer going with one of the other uh, Russell or Edwards options. I think you can look there or maybe past Minnesota uh, completely. So interesting game. Uh, we're going to follow this one closely uh, as well. All right, two, two more games, both 10 o'clock tilts. Memphis minus five at Sacramento, 224.5 total, 114.75 implied for Grizz, uh, 109.75 implied for Sacramento. So good matchup there. Memphis is 18 and 11. People don't realize they're 18 11 and have played with John Morant uh, for half the season. Sacramento's 12 and 17. Um, got a boatload of stuff here. At least we know the Memphis situation. We know Clark, Merrill, Morant, and Williams are out. So they're going to have the regular rotation, you know, minus um, Jaw and no Clark off the bench, basically. Other than that, they're, they're rolling with their regulars. As far as Sacramento, We've got probable tags on Fox, Len, and Metu, all important to get them firmly ruled in. The guy that's going to be a shift change in this game is the questionable Tyrese Halliburton. We do need that news. Um, as far as the other guys, Holmes is a doubtful. I've got him listed as not playing. And then Bagley and Davis are out, and Lewis King is out. So, their depth is really smashed here, and that could really uh, push up some of these Sacramento regulars. Because with it only being a five-point spread, 
uh, there's definitely some potential for some big numbers, especially with that 224 and a half total. And Memphis is 10th in pace, Sacramento second. And if you remember, I think it was almost two weeks ago that Gentry took over and now he's out with COVID, but they're using his uh, uh, entire coaching philosophy. I assumed they'd go up real quickly in pace. They went from, I believe, 11th. Now they're second in pace. So you've got two top 10 teams in pace and two teams that don't defend well. Memphis only 16th, but they're, they've improved a bit since they've had Brooks back. Uh, but Sacramento's 26th. So you've got really good conducive mixture here to a, a, a blow-up kind of game. I really like this game. I think that uh, it, you know, it's not the highest total on the board, but I think it's got a lot of great potential. Uh, I, I think Tyus Jones at 5'5 can be considered. Desmond Bain at 6'4. Dylan Brooks is 6'3. Jaron Jackson, Jackson is 6'7. And Steven Adams at 4'9. All five starters, I think uh, that's who I projected for starting, I think are all options here. They're priced great. You can get a couple of them in there. Um, you know, their bench is still solid with Anderson and Melton. But remember, all that John Morant, you know, even though he's been out a while, that usage now is steadily, you know, comfortable with a lot of these guys. So Bain's been terrific this year. Brooks, you know, has the potential to break a slate. Uh, Jackson, if he stays out of foul trouble, too. And you get a sub 5K Stephen Adams. Uh, that is, you know, especially on the sites where you can use two centers is very tempting. Um, as far as the. Sacramento side, Davion Mitchell has now really been secured in that starting lineup. He's only 3-6. You know, he's not a big DFS producer points-wise, but there are certain spots where he certainly can go 7-8x, uh, you know, if he's hitting some inside shots and penetration shots and getting a bunch of stocks. Uh, and so definitely worth a consideration. Halliburton, we don't know what his status is going to be. Don't really, even if he's ruled in, is he going to get full minutes, you know, with Buddy Hield sitting on the bench there waiting to get those minutes? It eliminates those two guys for me. If Halliburton's ruled out, then I think you can consider Hield at 5-1. The other guys, Barnes has been slow to come back, but he's only 5-7. And I think, you know, that's a, a good potential spot to go. Um, and then the, the cheap guys, if Metu plays at 3-7 and gets, you know, regular minutes that he's been getting recently, he can be in consideration. I think a sneaky guy is Tristan Thompson. They've got a ton of bigs out. He's going to play decent minutes. You know, he's a tremendous rebounder. He's always been one of the better offensive rebounders in the game and uh, could be a sneaky play uh, that isn't going to get much ownership. So I like this game. I'm going to have definite exposure here. There's no, you know, horns and whistles and sexy picks in this game, but I think there's some real good base guys at good prices that can help you uh, really take some stuff down. All right, last game on the slate. We've got Charlotte Hornets at Portland Trailblazers. Biggest number of the night, 228. 113 implied for Charlotte, 115 implied for Portland. So you got both over that magic 110 number by a lot. It's only a two-point spread and a 228 total. So 
That yells out DFS City is what that yells out. Charlotte comes in 16 and 14, Portland 11 and 18. We have two questionable tags for Charlotte, and we certainly need to know the first one. LaMelo Ball is questionable. If he plays, changes everything, he's immediately in play. Ish Smith is the solid backup point guard, If and he's questionable. So if Ball's out, Smith's in play. If Ball's in, Ball's in place, Smith's out. You know, you get it. Uh, and then uh, D. Smith, D. Smith 3 is uh, – Questionable. We know McCollum, Snell, and Zeller are out. So interesting game here. You got a good pace team in Charlotte at third and Portland at 15th, and then two hor horrific defenses. Charlotte dead last, Portland 27th. So there's not going to be much resistance here. Vegas knows it. We know it. Uh, you have to have some exposure here. You can't fade this game. Uh, in my opinion, and expect to, to take anything down because just too many opportunities here uh, to garner DFS points. You can spend a bunch here. You can, you know, you could roster four guys from this game if you want to, but I'm going to split it up between that last game that we just talked about, Memphis-Sacramento and this Charlotte-Portland game. So I'm going to have, I'm going to be sitting low in the rankings, I believe, for a while until these last two games come up. But I just, you know, I, I think they're solid, solid games. LaMelo Ball, if he plays uh, with no restrictions at 9-5, absolutely in play, as is his counterpart, uh, Dame Lillard, at 9-3. Now, I personally like Ball better if he's, again, no restrictions. Um, is he going to jump in and pit, play 38, 40 minutes? Probably not. So you got to really look at it hard. I'm going to look, look for Coach Speak see what they're going to say, if they're going to ease him back in, that kind of thing, then, of course, you don't play him. But uh, Lillard gets Rozier defense, which I respect, so that makes me a little nervous there. But uh, Lillard has – this is the kind of game that he can go uh, bonkers in uh, also. Gordon Hayward at 6'8", coming off a, a giant game, uh, as we know from the last game, can definitely be a slate-breaker kind of guy. And then my man Norman Powell, who's been – really steady for me, uh, has taken up a lot of the McCollum usage in scoring. Miles Bridges now at 7-7, a lot better than when he was up in the eights. And uh, Nurkic at 7-3 on the other side, certainly into consideration here. Uh, Kelly Oubre probably coming off the bench again, which really, you know, hurts him. But at 7K, you know, isn't going to get much ownership, still can come in and light it up and can be considered. And then Anthony Simons on the other side at 5-2. Again, he gets a good solid uh, rotation with McCullum out. So really, really solid, good uh, games to choose from here. It's a phenomenal slate. It really is. And there's a lot of, a lot of changes that can happen as the day goes on. So connect to us, follow us if you can through um, uh, our uh, Discord. You just go to dfscoachtalk.com and you can sign up there and uh, we'd love to have you. So check us out. Um, we're going to crush it tonight and then we're going to get back at it with a seven game slate tomorrow. So uh, really appreciate everybody listening in. <clears throat> Don't forget on the way out here, if you're watching this on YouTube, hit that thumbs up, hit that uh, subscribe button 
and give us a quick comment. That really helps us move up the algorithm and hit the alert button so you know when our podcast posts. Don't forget about our 12 day of Christmas special where you get 12 full days, all access of DFS Coach Talk for 12 bucks. So give yourself a Christmas present or someone you love and give them that 12 days of DFS Coach Talk and you can take down uh, the big tournaments like we did last night and are looking to do again tonight. So thank you for spending this time with me. Appreciate each of you. For the entire Coach Talk team, I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. We'll catch you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS.